Pretentious Five-Nine Gamers, we are back with your favorite Dokkan Battle podcast called the Dokkan Battle Podcast. Happy one year anniversary, everybody. It has been a long, long journey. I am not alone here, but I am your host, Toon Rami. Joining me this week is the part-time stand user and full-time Super Battle Road King, the Mass Ningen. Yo, how's it going, everybody? Happy first birthday to Five Nine Gaming. Very excited. The homie who needs no introduction, Gorush. I'm uh, I'm looking back and I'm kind of missing the uh, the Fifty Nine Gaming shout out by Noir <laughs> in that clip. <laughs> Our brand new Dokkan Division co-lead who still hates Blue Kaioken Goku, Minato. Hello, thank you all. Um, it's wonderful to be here. And we are bringing in a very, very special guest. He is the reason that we are all doing crack today in Dokkan. The original <laughs> crack god himself, Havohai. Hey everyone, glad to be here. <laughs> I feel a little guilty saying that live. Uh, Maybe we anyway. should clarify just for the few people who actually don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> all right, go, go ahead and clarify then, Ningen. All right, okay, so you all know, I'm sure, the meme of cracking the code when you do summons, which was originally brought to us by Havohai. I first heard of it from Toon, and he has subsequently shortened it to just doing crack. So now we all just say to each other, I'm doing crack when we crack the code. So you can well, thank well, Toon a, and have a high for that. <laughs> I, I had an elegant way of doing this, and then now Toon is just literally just goes to the card and taps endlessly. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But hey, you know what? Whatever. Whatever works for you. Yeah, he's the, uh, he's the progenitor of crack. The progenitor, yeah. <laughs> Make sure you guys are locked in across all of our social media platforms and connect to the 5.9G network today. Follow us on Twitch, Twitter, subscribe to all of our YouTube channels, join the Discord, the Facebook fan page, the new subreddit, the website, everything. Make sure you guys are fully linked in today. All the links are everywhere. And also stay tuned because tonight on the channel, we are going to be streaming some extra fun content for you guys to celebrate the one year anniversary. We're going to be doing things like Among Us, maybe some Mario Party, and some other stuff. So make sure you guys are tuned in tonight for the festivities to continue. Also, wanted to plug our merch real quick because to celebrate the one-year anniversary of 5.9 Gaming, we are launching a limited edition design in both Global and JP's theme. So if you guys want to snag a t-shirt today, make sure to check out our link on Redbubble. And uh, hopefully someone will have posted the links in the chat. You guys can snag a piece of history today. Without yeah, further ado, limited, let's uh, go ahead. Just want to clarify, it is a limited run as well. This is not going to be around for yeah. that long. So. Didn't I say limited edition? Uh-huh. Well, I, just wanted, I just wanted to make sure people understand okay. what that meant. Right. All right. No, 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 it's fair. You know, sometimes I don't know what I say, so it's <laughs> a good thing. Uh, without further ado, let's jump into episode 52, the Namek Saga finale. So guys, obviously, with a 350 million download celebration coming to a close, we are basically running through the rest of the campaign with a bunch of EZAs. So we'll start with the biggest and most prominent EZA to hit the scene, and that is the Bardock LR EZA. So we'll just leave it open to you guys. Anyone can take the floor. What do you guys think about the newest LR EZA? Does this unit now become super relevant, top tier, mid? What are your thoughts on Bardock's new Awakening. I really, good, really, really easy to use. Um, I'll just say the thing that I like the most about him is that the fact that he gets so much key from his passive. It makes mm. him 
pretty much usable on every single team without much, you know, hassle that you have to do to get to that point. So I found him very consistent because of the key he gets as well. Um, he's strong defensively, offensively. The ceiling is helpful for Super Battle Road. He's just overall very good unit uh, with a lot of strengths, not many weaknesses I found. Yeah, I agree. I, I really enjoy using him on multiple different teams. But uh, one thing that I realize, you know, this being a Neo 100, right, better better than the than OG 90 is his leader skill is is actually weaker than the OG 90s. I don't know if you guys noticed that. That was mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I was I was hoping that it would go maybe 130, but uh yeah, having it as just type class advantage 120 and then this the the other side the extreme class at at 90 didn't make any sense, but anyway, uh, overall I'd say it would be mid, right? Right around I'd say, you know, Majin Vegeta um level maybe better, especially on Super Battle Road, he's absolutely better, so Mm. I mean, obviously, you guys know I'm I'm pretty biased when it comes to my boy Bardock, but I mean, he's a very strong card. Uh, I'm very much enjoying using him in a couple of different setups. Um, he definitely needs a little bit more. Like he's on some teams that he can work well on, but his links are some. Well, I'm not going to say like an issue, but certain teams he's going to get better. I definitely noticed that as a global player. Uh, JP, you guys obviously have the advantage of being able to run him on a Super Vegeta Pure Saiyans team, uh, who is a unit that does have Saiyan pride. Because obviously, if you're if you're not running him on like the actual Team Bardock team, some of his better teams are things like Goku Family, where there aren't really any units that have Saiyan pride outside of like other Bardocks, and uh, we really need those old like Super Saiyan Bardocks to get easy A's. And then I think he'll be even better on some of those teams once he gets some better link partners. Because one of his best link partners is the LR Team Bardock, who is pretty much unusable in difficult content. And we can't even get all the copies to actually max out yet. So he's definitely good at the moment. But I think when you finally get a setup where you can really make him shine, like on the Super Vegeta Pure Saiyans team with like physical Super Saiyan Bardock with an easy A, I think he's going to look so much better when that situation presents itself than he does now. But I still think he's very solid. So I'm very happy with how his EZA turned out. Wow, you I want to go back to the of, uh, no, Team Bardock again? No, I, I tried getting him to level 10 links to unlock the last two copies, but that didn't work. So <laughs> I, just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was just going to say as well, yeah, I, I, the, the, the pure Saiyan team, right? That would be a really good team for this Bardock. I mean, you can run it physical transforming Vegeta, but uh -huh. probably not a great idea. <laughs> um, I think that team would work really well because actually one setup I really want to try out is the physical Bardock with the Vegeta slash Goku that just came out because they do mm. actually share like four links, which is actually pretty good. Uh -huh. So I think, I think that actually could be a good rotation, but I just, I'm not going to run the pure Saiyan team with that Vegeta as the leader. So I not wait <laughs> I, for the Super Vegeta to come out. I took Bardock uh, into the pure Saiyans, uh Super Battle Road, Extreme Super Battle Road stage because I do have Super Vegeta and he worked really, really well there. So I was honestly very pleased. Mm. Yeah, I like the fact that his, uh, I mean, I know this was pre-EZA anyway, but I like the fact that he seals on his 18 key because some of the other LRs, like the, I think Spirit Bomb Goku does this. I'm pretty sure the free-to-play Saiyan 1 and 2 do this, where obviously LRs generally, their 18 key is the one that does more damage. And then a lot of them will have like a utility effect, like stunning or sealing on their 12 key. So then in something like Super Battle Road, you kind of have to decide which one you want to go for because obviously something like sealing in super battle road is really useful so i like the fact that he has it on his 18 key so you can just go for the 
most powerful super that he does and you seal the enemy as well. So I quite like that. How do you guys feel about that 100% once only against a Frieza? <laughs> like just, you know, if you're fighting a Frieza unit in itself and you have that first stage, you get to use that one time in that yeah. weak stage, but then down the road, you can't use it. How do you guys feel about that setup? I'm really glad that they limited it because there's so many freeze enemies in the game that it would be way too good. <laughs> they didn't, uh, yeah, they exactly. didn't make it limited. <laughs> so the My thing answer is, was uh, about to be a non-sarcastic version of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I realized when I was reading it earlier, because it's the the extra, is it 12 key? And then it's 100% attack yeah, is the yeah. once only. Because it's it seems mm -hmm. like the way it's worded in a weird way, because then it has afterwards the fact that you get the guaranteed crit so the guaranteed crit against freezer is all the time but the yes. attack buff yes. is once only and yeah. yeah i try i did a video today i literally only went into that event because i wanted to see that effect in play and the only way really i could do it was to go into the um collection of epic battles event that has freezer at the end and then like have i rightly pointed out you get it in the first turn when which is obviously the easiest out of the five phases and then you don't get it again so it almost seems like the only reason he has that is for the Team Bardock stage of Super Battle Road, which obviously on Global we don't have yet, because Freezer is the last fight. So it's a pretty good, like, if you go into that turn with this Bardock on the first rotation, he's getting a massive buff, and he's going to seal him, which is super useful for Super Battle Road. So it obviously makes that fight against that Freezer a little bit easier. But outside of that, I don't really see that much use for it because even if we eventually get like a legendary freezer event it's going to be the same thing you just get it off in the first turn and then that's it and the first turn is like the easiest one in that kind of event so it does seem the, a bit uh, strange there are the two super other... class stage yes. has frieza in the first fight too yeah one so, frieza again oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, like a, if you're having trouble with a super physical stage you could fight like a mega frieza and king cold fight i believe mm -hmm. like yeah but that's like a one out of three chance yeah, yeah, yeah you just re it's there. You just reset until you get it. <laughs> if, you're having, if, you're having, like, if, if you're like at the point where you're like, oh man, like if I had like a little bit stronger of a team, I could beat this. Like that actually could help. Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, seeing like seeing Bardock's passive just made me realize how little Frieza representation we have on events. Because I I could have sworn I I don't know I just I guess I dreamt it that mm -hmm. we had a in an Infinite Dragon Ball history stage with a Wicked Bloodline set of enemies. I, I, I thought we had that. It just seems like we should already at this point. So uh. the fact that there are so few opportunities to fight a Frieza makes me not too upset about this passive. But if we had a lot more, um, I feel like I would be more upset about the fact that this is a once-only type situation. Yeah. I would have loved it if it was an active skill, but I don't know how hard or difficult it would be to you know, add an active skill to a unit that <laughs> extremely awakens before. an LR into a new active skill. Yeah, I think that might be a bit. Uh, hey, hey, why not? Well, why not? It, it's it's strange because they could have at least renew the super attack animation, mm. right? That they, they usually mm -hmm. have done that for the past two years. They did Ink Gohan, then they did Age of Majin Vegeta. Why are they like skimping out on Bardock? I don't know. It's very strange. Mm. Yeah, this I LR has always been good. kind of an outlier, though. So, yeah. But I mean, at least I, this somewhat is, relevant. after this EZA, this is like the first time I've used this Bardock. Because I've never, I've never used this Bardock before. And it was funny because usually when I'm, you know, doing runs, I'll see twos and threes and fours on my units. But for the Bardock, I literally had one two on my links. Everything mm -hmm. else was one. I just never used the guy. Yeah, I've, I never used him before the EZA either. 
Yeah, see, I was fortunate being the Bardock fanboy that I am. I did link level him quite early on and have tried to show that he, he's okay. He's not, he's, he, I think he was underrated pre-EZA, although I, he did age quite quickly. I think the big problem was he wasn't on great teams and obviously was replaced by the Dokonfest Bardock. So once the same name update came out, that was like a chance you could then potentially use him on a team. But by then, he'd kind of aged out of being relevant in the meta because his, uh, his he could still get up to some reasonable attack stats on the teams that he was on, but his defense was just not up to snuff. So that, I'm glad that's yeah. the main thing they addressed with his EZA. Yeah, the one last thing I'll say about him is uh, he really does want to be next to that int team Bardock. No, there's like 400 different points I could t I could mention about this, but number mm -hmm. one, that unit isn't good. Number two, we only have three copies available. Number three, the leader of that team is another base form Bardock, who number four is bad. So whoa, whoa, hey, <laughs> there's like 500 reasons not to <laughs> run this unit next <laughs> to the int, uh, LR Bardock squad. So I don't know. It's just very uh, very bad uh, design, I think. Uh. Before we move on, I want to uh, go back to the topic that uh, Habahai mentioned before about the leader skill. And uh, given that this is the, he, he's part of that second wave of LRs, or as Habahai calls the Neo 100s, were you expecting the leader skill to at least be as good as the OG 90s? Or do you think that these LRs should also sort of get a similar type of power creep in the way that we get the regular TUR level EZAs? Or do you think that? With Broly still being the gold standard for LR EZAs, should we still kind of expect to have these EZAs be treated around that same level? I think with the when it comes to the leader skill, I think they definitely could have pushed it up to 130 because that is what we're seeing from like you know even current summonable LRs now. And like when the details came out for Vegeta and Goku and the Krillin and Gohan. That was one of the first things that people said straight away as kind of like a minor complaint that like, why are we still getting LRs with 130 leader skill? So for an older one getting an upgrade, I think they could have easily gone up to at least that level. Um, but then I guess the counterpoint to that is with some of these older units getting the EZAs, um, you're probably not going to be running them as leaders outside of maybe things like Battlefield or the Mono ESBR stages if you still need to do them. Um, so when it comes to non-category leaders, I, I personally am not too bothered by how, what they do to their leader skills because I feel like now that we're solidly out of the Mono team's meta, it doesn't really matter what those leader skills are. But, you know, Dokkan is consistent about it being inconsistent. So that's why <laughs> we're okay with this. But it just doesn't make any sense to me because it was 10% higher, you know, with the, you know, all all AGL or all physical at 90%. And now they've moved up to 120. And then this one just went to 120 again. So it just didn't make any sense. So that's why I bring it up. I mean, I, that definitely makes sense. I feel like it could have gone a little higher, especially because banner units we're getting nowadays, like the second form Cell, Piccolo, and third form Frieza that we got, they're actually getting 130% leader skills now, mm. when previously they used to be 120%. So I feel like, obviously, it wouldn't have like hurt for them to make this 130%. There's no reason for them not to, but I guess they just didn't really care because they know no one's going to run Bardock as a leader anyway, so... Real quickly, if you guys happen to remember, how long did it take you guys to clear the 10 stages of the Bardock ECA event? 
Not very long. Like 20 minutes at most. <laughs> I think about, I think about 20 minutes or less for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I streamed it, which I normally never stream anyway. And I, like a blink of an eye, I was like, oh, I'm done. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do something else. Yeah, the thing I'll say about this one is something that I did mention briefly to Dune earlier is the first 10 stages, I think, is probably the easiest out of the LR EZAs that we've had so far. Um, now, obviously, again, I'm only speaking from the global perspective, so I haven't played the Martian Vegeta or the Gohan one, but... It was super easy compared to the Broly and the uh, Goku and Freezer one. But one thing that I did notice, because I'm one of those crazy people that every now and then when I've got some spare time and I don't have stamina for link leveling, I do try and over level the easy A's just to see how far I can get. And um, strangely enough, with this team, like once I started getting to stage like 30 and above, I was finding it a lot harder than the Goku and Freezer one. So it seems it's a bit of a weird thing to notice but it seems like the scaling for the later levels it became a lot harder than some of the previous ones but obviously i know most people don't bother going past stage 10 anyway so i thought that was kind of an interesting change so I mean, to add on I mean, to that i did i did play uh i do have uh i did play gohan and Majin vegeta's easy because i'm on jp and products is still definitely the easiest for mm. the first 10 they really just gave us like the perfect combination, like terrifying conquerors and STR. Like, yeah. Doesn't get much <laughs> better than that. All right, let's move on to the next batch of EZAs, the Ginyu Force. The Ginyu mm. Force has finally received the five EZAs that we expected with the SSRs. However, there is one glaring omission. So. I'll ask you guys, for this celebration, are you more happy that the Ginyu Force received their EZAs, they're pretty good, or are you more upset about the fact that we are not apparently going to be getting the LR Tech Ginyu Goku EZA as well? I'm actually more upset that the physical Ginyu Force, <laughs> talking about an old, old unit, mm. it, that's unusable. And, you know, the card art, everything, that looks, it's just an incredible looking unit, but I'm actually more upset than that. But yeah, I, I'm surprised they did not you know, uh, easier the, the, the LR. So, yeah, I think for me, um, in terms of like comparing which LR, I think she's easy. I think the physical one deserves it more than the tech one does, but I would personally want the tech one to easy first, just because we need a better leader skill. Yeah. For the Ginyu force team that hundred percent leader skill doesn't cut it in 2021. Right. Um, so pretty much if you want to run this team, like you just run Bojack as the leader, at least that's what I do. Uh, unfortunately, he doesn't link up with like anyone on the team, so he's yep. pretty much just floating without an, any single link active the entire time. So it kind of sucked. But the leader skill is just too valuable not to have. I mean, one seventy across the board. Compare that to one hundred percent across the board, and it's like night and day difference. Yeah, Out right. of these, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I agree with that because obviously they're they're easy A's. They're really good. They work really well together, obviously, but. You just don't have the leader skill, but they are on a lot of categories that have uh, the solid leads because, yeah, I tried about with the double Bojack leads, which is good because he's a support unit. So just floating him off works well. Um, you can use them under the new LR Freezer double leads as yep. well, because obviously they're all on Namek Saga and he's a very strong unit, but he ends up being in the same boat as the Bojack. He has no links with any of them. Um, and then I think because they're, they're, I'm pretty sure they're all on Terrifying Conqueror, so you could run Double Cooler as well. But then he only supports 
transformation boost in events where there's single enemies, which means he won't be supporting them. So he's probably the worst option out of the three. But it is nice, at least, that there are a couple of teams that you can run them on where they are getting a 170 uh, leader skill. But it definitely is a bit disappointing that they didn't easy A the tech one, because if you want to run the actual proper, like, pure Ginyu Force team, then the LR, which you need to run as the leader, is now far and away, like, the worst unit on the team. Minato, I'll ask you this one first. Which is more likely to come first? A Ginyu Goku or a physical LR Ginyu Force easy A? Or a possible Dokkan Fest Ginyu Force lead? I mean, I would say, if anything, they would probably come together. Like, as a Ginyu Planet Saga type of celebration, it would just make the more sense because with all these LREZ specifically, they love matching their themes together. Um, we've seen, like, you know, Broly came out with Broly. Goku and Frieza came out with Universe 7 celebration. So I would say they probably would come together rather than one over the other. But, you know, co com coming off a of Planet Saga celebration, I think a Ginyu Dokkan Fest is definitely very likely for the next upcoming one. Out of these five EZAs that we've had, because we've had time to uh, work with all of them, we got bulks of two for the first uh, two parts, and then we got Ginyu at the end. Are you guys able to rank these EZAs now that you've had plenty of time to see how they work? Mm. Which would be the best of the five <laughs> Ginyu Force units EZAs? <laughs> oh, that's cold, though. I think it depends on if you mean like <laughs> just like on the Ginyu Force team or in terms of for well, whatever criteria you teams. deem worthy, whatever criteria you think is is uh, worthy. It could be in the dynamic of that yeah, team. It could be a direct correlation between that and also how they function on other teams, like whatever, whatever you find important in a unit. I think. In terms of the actual units themselves, like if you were going to run them all on the same team or if you were just going to run like a couple of them together on a team, I think Ginyu is probably the strongest uh, both offensively and defensively out of them all. But in terms of if you were going to run one of them on a random team, um, Jace, I think, is probably one of the better ones because he can fit into other teams as a support unit. He shows you the super attack location. Um, and obviously, after his EZA, he's now not a complete like defensive liability. Um, so he would be useful to run on other teams. But on the actual Ginyu team itself, I think Ginyu is probably the best. I think Raccoon is actually quite a close second, because once his passive is fully built up, under those 170 lead team examples that we talked about earlier, he's getting like over a 3 million attack stat. If his guard activates, he's tanking everything for double digits. So I think he's actually really, really good as well. I just wish we knew when his guard activated. Oh, yeah. Turn. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the major issue I have with units that have a chance to guard. It's not even just to the fact that, like, they don't guard all the time. It's the fact that you don't know when they're guarding. Mm -hmm. um, and in that, in that way, you, you're forced to assume every single time that they're not guarding, right? Um, like, there's two layers to, to, to that sort of mechanic. Number one is, like, you don't know if they're guarding or not. And then number two... Like, it's, it's actually difficult to explain because it, they should tell you when they're guarding and, or, if they're, or if they're not guarding. And then if you would know that, you would know where to put them on the rotation. Because if you're fighting, like, an STR enemy with Raccoon and you know he's not guarding, you're not going to put him in slot one. But, yeah, I mean, I think, I think at the end of the day, they should just tell you if he's guarding or not. Because that, that alleviates a lot of the problem. Mm. But because uh, I, I did a run in Infant Dragon Ball History against the Universe uh, 7 stage with that team. 
and he wasn't guarding for like five turns in a row. And I died because he took like three supers. Yeah. So, have a high. Yeah. Have oh, thoughts? just my thoughts on the Ginyu Force, to be honest yeah, with which, you. Which I have easy is the I best have, one? I have an easy to eat him, so I'll, I'll sit back on this one. But, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but one, one thing. Yeah, I know. Exposed. Horrible. Get angry at you. I know. Well, hey, you know, uh, I, I do want to point out what, what Ningen said was, you know, with Jace and the ability to see super attacks. That's so... Um, you know, not talked about as much because it's so powerful. And, and I think with units that have that, it, it's so valuable, especially if you're going to do a no item run, right? So I think that's um, a good call there when it comes to like, you know, thinking about best teams. But if you look at it on paper, because I haven't tested them yet, on paper, Ginyu looks the best, which makes sense. Yeah, I think the trade-off for the fact that you're able to see the super attacks, there's no, there's no cost for it. It's an unconditional sort of passive really increases his value and now that he has an easy a to kind of back up his very rare ability it does make him a lot more usable on a variety of different teams so i agree i feel like jace is the best of the easy a's but the, when i saw ginyu's easy a all i could think of was int super battle road just got a just way easier for people because now you can you can throw on this ginyu for that extra tanking i would say that in ginyu for me is the best and it's not even like anything remotely close at all like he blows everyone out of the water by far and his damage um, he, is crazy he, he took double digits from a super type neutral and super battle road for me so yeah. and he uh, seals <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah he does yeah <laughs> that is something that is something to know too because they actually like dokkan values sealing a lot whenever we have these units that have sealing in their kit like usually they are gimped in some way but it's like <laughs> when this Ginyu's kit was revealed, it's like, okay, 170k, 170% uh, attack and defense. He, you know, gets extra 100% when you're fighting one enemy. He seals, he infinitely low, uh, raises his attack. He raises his defense on super attack. Effect. Like his super attack effect is like legitimately top like five in the game or something. That all he's doing in that super attack is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but one other thing I will say is I really think Birder is underrated. I think Birder. I would say is number two for me on the Ginyu Force team. Um, his ability to super three times in slot two or two and three while permanently raising his defense every time he does that. Uh, he's pretty insane. I've had him be at 250k defense second time he's on rotation. And then from there, he's continuing to infinitely stack his defense. And then if you're able to put him in the first slot he get on the Ginyu Force team, he'll have a total of 70% chance to dodge, right? So that's really good. Once he attacks, of course. So it seems like general consensus is the worst of the ECAs is probably Guldo, correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the problem yeah. is he's not even bad. Like he's, he's yeah, no, no, good. he's not. He's not. It's just that I haven't heard one mention of Guldo. I think entire. the only reason well, the, the reason why he's probably cause... the worst is the fact that in the more difficult content, like you can't stun, you can't attack lower, and then he does greatly raise defense on super, but post super attack his defense isn't as high as some of the other ones. So obviously, like we said, he's not bad, but he's just probably the worst out of the five. I wouldn't say it's not that he can't stun or seal because like they're still extreme super battle road. I think it's the issue that for some reason, he's the only Ginyu Force character that wants a full Ginyu Force team and the other units only want, you know, just one. While he kind of is a little more restricted to being on that team because of his passive and how it works. Though I think, you know, he gets, he gets like what, like, 90% 90% defense total once he supers from his passive and then from his super attack effects. And, you know, he can 
he can't he can get you through a extreme super battle road run if possible um because of his ceiling and stunning so he's still very good i just think his reliance on the other ginyu force members um may hold him back a little for being on other teams if that makes sense yeah this this team has so much to offer now for some of the end game content it's it's a shame we don't have like a bona fide ginyu force lead to run them i mean yeah as you guys mentioned bojack Frieza, you have other options, but it's just not the same, you know? Like, with an EZA like this, you'd want to have a nice lead to be kind of exclusive to this team. Too bad we're going to have to wait for that. Yeah, I would like a leader that shares at least one link with one of the six other units on my team. That'd be cool. <laughs> Imagine, <laughs> right? Imagine. This is still a great power-up for free-to-play players, though, so... Oh, oh yeah. for sure. 100%. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think if you're if you're a new player in this game, the first thing you should focus on is doing the Ginyu Force team. Absolutely. <laughs> That's if you're the starting first thing out. you should do. Yeah. I am proud mm -hmm. to say that when I started playing back during the 250 million, that is the first thing that I did. And my very first yeah. team that I used to run through events was the Ginyu Force. Yeah, because back then, that, they were actually still fairly new. Yeah. Um, and they were... They were you, you could literally clear like almost every single event in the game with them back then. Yep. And I still tell people, especially if they're low to play or free to play, just use the Ginyu Force or Team Bardock for that first stage of Battlefield, right? So just to not have to waste a, uh, a mono team. Yep. And also just the process of putting that team together is going to keep you busy as a new player. Like you have a lot to do. Just saying to get the, e the, the Ginyu Force team is not enough because then if you want to EZA them, you need the Bardock team to do that. So there's a lot of content right there just on the Ginyu Force team to do. So new players, oh. they're, they're going to be uh, keeping themselves quite occupied. There's one more thing I wanted to note, just, just in general. Um, there's actually the mission, and there you can also get the equipment for the Ginyu Force as well uh -huh. through that yep, Grand Force event. Mm -hmm. And you are able to get uh, five Grand Kais of each type by completing that event in a certain amount of time. So you could SA-15 them uh, for free with those guys, or you could farm up a second copy and keep those guys for free, which will be very helpful for free-to-play players as well. See, dope hunting responsibly, folks. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some of the other EZAs that we got in part three. We got Zarbon, Dodoria, Krillin, Vegeta, and the old year three Goku. So out of the three, is there any one that really stands out to you guys? Out of those three, is, is one just absolutely 10 times better than the rest? Or are they all kind of just equally pretty nice? I would say it's Goku. 10 times. I would say the Goku and Krillin and Vegeta are like even-ish. The Zarbon to Dodoria is not as good as the other two, <laughs> in my opinion. It's it's weird design, because like they want to be super battle road, but they want to build up, and they take like 14 turns to build up. I, I don't like how the unit is designed. You can get them to work, probably. It's not like they're like you know the worst thing ever, but eh, I don't know. It's just not my cup of tea, I guess. Yeah, one thing about the Zarbon to Dodoria is that they're a support for Space Traveling Warriors, but that team doesn't really need much support. <laughs> so um, not sure why they ended up actually choosing that as a support benefit versus, you know, uh, a multitude of other options uh, for that. But uh, I, I love that physical Goku getting getting EZA. I, I uh, kind of predicted that in the beginning saying, hey, you know what? They should do something with this unit since, you know, it is a, you know, iconic moment uh, for him uh, during the travel. And uh, it's good to see uh, free to play players and, and other people actually just using this unit. So I, I agree there with the physical Goku. I actually just got the Zarbon and the Dodoria to link level 10, right? When Oof. I was trashing on them. <laughs> I, was, I decided not to waste my time. Because uh, when the way Toon posed the question, I was going to say the one that stands out to me is Zarbon and Dodoria. 
for how terrible they are. For the wrong um, reasons. Yeah. <laughs> if we talk about every single unit that came out during this celebration, um, everyone has their own opinions on how good they are, how well they were designed, because obviously there was a lot of discussion with like the LRs maybe not having the most interesting design, like the part two ones. But the Zarbon and Dodoria are just kind of in their own class of like being badly designed because they want to be run with a freezer. Um, Yeah, it's the curse of extreme (laughs) tech. Yeah, they want to be run with a freezer, but I think the best freezer that they can link up with, they have two links with him. Um, They obviously support space traveling warriors because most of the freezers are on space traveling warriors, although not all of them. But like Minato said, like they take ages to build up. Um, it just seemed like such an odd unit because some teams, like maybe you could use them as a space traveling warriors support unit, like I was saying, but then you're going to have them in slot three off rotation, like even a slightly longer event. By the time you finish the event, they're not even going to be fully built up. So they sort of seem to me like one of those really old meta like support units where you don't even really want to run them in harder content because they're just not going to be good enough defensively we've all had those runs where you know your support unit in slot three is the one that takes a super at the end of the legendary goku event and uh, they're just not a unit that are that you want to be in that situation so i'm very disappointed with them um i mean obviously we all talked about on even on the previous episodes how pre-eza they were all kind of mid and we were just waiting to see what they would finally end up looking like. And uh, the Vegeta and Krillin definitely got a very solid upgrade because they were pretty bad before the EZA. Goku is very old because obviously he was originally available before, so he really needed the EZA. But yeah, the Zarbon and Dodoria, I just don't really know what they were thinking with them. And it's kind of a shame because... Even though they're not obviously the most popular characters in the world, now that we finally had another proper full-on Damek Saga celebration, we did kind of want them to have a good card representation in the game. And uh, unfortunately, this ain't it. Yeah, and what's unfortunate um, about... Oh, go ahead, Gresh. I was just going to say, uh, I think you have a better chance of seeing the year five blue fusions get to their max potential before the Zarbon of Dodoria does. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> technically, because they have to attack seven times to get to their max potential, they have no additionals built in. If, assuming you're floating them, that is going to take what, like 20 turns to get them fully built up <laughs> if they're, they're a floater, which that's what they're, they're designed to be a floater pretty much because they don't have any links with the rest of the team almost. Mm. So I, I'm like super, super sure that at some point in the design process of this unit, they at some point had additionals built into their kit. And then for whatever reason, they changed the design, but then they like didn't change like the rate at which they built up their stats. And mm. it's just very, very off. Um, Weren't there rumors that this was supposed to be an LR? Um, I think there was initially, but yeah, but the whole thing is like they they didn't have LR potential systems, so it's like yeah, I don't think that ever really. I saw people talking about that, but wasn't it because the Zarbon when he didn't even have a TUR yet? The Zarb the storyline storyline the story event where you could farm the SSR Zarbon came out at the same time as the other story event where you could farm the physical Goku. So I think when those came out, it was pretty obvious that they were going to eventually easy A. So I think yeah. people just want to see like things like that, like the free-to-play yeah. LR. Because I did see some people tweeting about that, but I couldn't really trace like a credible source of where this idea had come from. Because like Goresh said, they didn't uh, have like the LR hidden potential setup or anything. So I'm not too sure where that uh, came uh, from. 
Well, it seems like sure, they sure need it. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then the and the other thing about this unit too is that if you directly compare them to the Tien and Roshi from the six year anniversary, they only give thirty percent support to the category they're supporting, the space traveling warriors category, whereas Tien and Roshi are giving forty percent to Reps Universe Seven. So I'm just trying to figure out like why they went a little bit lower on the support because guess what. Bojack, the leader, already gives thirty percent as a baseline yeah. to, the, to the team. Mm-hmm. So why do you need another unit giving the same buff when they're just straight up worse? Uh, well, space, like, tra- space traveling words, there's a ton of support. Like yeah, cooler, so many support. Yeah, because that team also is going to get gar- about well on global about to get Garlic Junior as well. Garlic Junior, uh, yeah, yeah, fits, yeah absolutely. fits under the the, the uh, what's it, the, the the time traveler uh, portion of the leader skill. So, because we didn't get a free to play <laughs> Namek Saga support, right? We didn't get a free to play one. For, yeah, for Saga, right? so. it's the whole. Na- that's a whole other topic we could discuss. But the whole Namek Saga team, I really think, did not fare uh, as well, out, even yeah. close to as well as the Majin Buu Saga did last year. Because that team got insane support in terms yeah. of like, how many units were coming out, and, and like really well designed units too. Plus, so this year, like I mean, we we're got, still even getting easy ace for that category. Even now. Yeah, like we're getting Zarbon and Dodoria who like don't even help the team. I will say though, um, in terms of like these three EZAs, the unit that is, has impressed me the most by far is Krillin and Vegeta. Uh, if you get that Vegeta out, <laughs> he is pretty ridiculous. That Vegeta's hitting like 4.5 million attack stats with like 300k defense and he's doing additionals and he's infinitely raising his attack and defense every turn. Like that Vegeta is easily summonable level. Like if that Vegeta came out as like a Dokkan Fest exclusive, I don't even think I would be that surprised. <laughs> That's how good he is. Mm. But yeah, it's funny that you say that comparison because if you think about, uh, obviously comparing it to the Majin Buu Saga team from last year, but if you think about from like a global player, obviously we've come not that long away from the anniversary. And you think about how like the anniversary was all themed around the reps of Universe 7 team. And now, once the anniversary was finished, like how stacked that team is if you want to run like that pure category team. And I kind of feel like the Manamic Saga team is just not in the same place. Like, I mean, there's because obviously the new Freezer, you can run a sort of very extreme, sort of centric Namek Saga team. And there's obviously a lot of new, very powerful units that have a lot of synergy. But like, with the STR Namek Goku not getting an easy A and the new Goku obviously not having that leader skill, the super type Namek Saga team is still like really bare bones, I think, which is a little well, bit unfortunate. That's the missing link of the team is that Goku. That's why I was pushing so hard for that uh, STR Goku to get an easy A because yeah. he is the optimal lead for that Namek Saga team. Frieza's, I love Frieza. Like, he's my favorite unit probably right now. Um, uh, he's not a good leader for the Namek Saga. I'm sorry, he just isn't. He's, he's not a good leader. Uh-huh. Um, that Namek Goku would have been much better because actually, with him as a leader, you could mix and match extreme and super class units on that team if you wanted to. He would make a lot of the new units that that, that just came out. The two LR from the TOP banner, the Top Legendary Summon banner, uh, Vegeta Goku, and then the Krillin and Gohan. They would work so much better with that Namek Goku as the leader. Uh, with the link set that he has, that would make that team way better. Yeah. Um, so it just seems weird to me that they ended up like shafting the Namek Saga when it was the whole point of the celebration. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What's also unfortunate well, about this Zarbon is the fact that he already got his EZA, so there's no hope of yep. any sort of an update or a change to happen in the future. And that speaks to probably a larger problem that a lot of people might uh, feel 
is that with these easy A's that they do, most of them are good, but it also seems like they might be potentially rushing some of these easy A's for units that don't even have a TUR yet. Like they'll bring out the Awakened version and then they'll do an Extreme Z Awakening all in the same campaign. Do you guys feel like it's more appropriate for them to allow the first Awakening, the TUR to breathe for a bit and then explore the possibility of an easy A down the road? Or do you think the way that they're running that right now is perfectly fine? I mean, the point of an EZA originally is supposed to be to make a unit that's fallen out of, like, being good to awaken them again and make them good again, usable again after, like, a long time. Um, so I personally do not like free-to-play units getting an EZA like that, especially if they turn out to not really be that fantastic like the Zarbon and Adoria did, because unlike other free-to-play units or other units released in the future... Those other units will have a potential to become good again, while this Zarbon and Dodorio, for example, or any other unit that could easy A and may not be that great, will never have that opportunity, which is very unfortunate. Like, think of like LR Roshi, in like two, three years, if the game's still going on that long, he could end up, you know, falling off a little and he won't have the chance to easy A like another free to play LR or something. Yeah, it's something that we've talked about on here quite a lot because it's something that they seem to be very married to doing now with these new free-to-play units. Um, and I can kind of see... I can see both sides of the argument because I think it's stupid to do it. I do agree that, like, the units should just come out as a TUR that is good and then at some point in the future they could easy A them. But I guess it doesn't matter as much because they are free-to-play farmable units. So... Um, not necessarily that they'll make like if we use Zarbon and Dodoria as an example, they're not necessarily going to make a new Zarbon and Dodoria card like a year from now. But because they are a free, free to play farmable card, if they're just releasing a card that is an extreme Namek Saga unit, um, rather than making it a TUR that's really good, and then in eighteen months' time they give them an easy A, it's just a case of in 18 months time, they'll just make another new free to play Namek Saga unit. And so because they're free to like fully farm up and not summonable, I don't think it's as much of an issue that they just replace them rather than easy aing them. But it just feels weird because like Bernardo said, kind of the whole point of an easy A and the reason why people were hyped about them when they first came out was because it, the whole point was supposed to be to take an old unit and make it good again. So it does seem weird to give them out to new units straight away. Well, I have a different view on it. Just I see it as for free-to-play players, is more content, right? So it's for them to do more in the game because it's pretty easy just to get the TUR. And then it's also a Zenny sync for, you know, for a lot of us players that are, you know, that are whales that have tons of Zenny. But uh, I think it's good for the free-to-play player just to having more things to do. Uh, but who knows what happens in like version Z if they're gonna you know do another upgrade for these units or totally change it in the future. But I think it's a I think it's a good thing just because it's more to do for players. Hmm. Any other thoughts on any of the EZAs that we have had throughout the entirety of the celebration? Nope. All right, let's move on to everyone's favorite topic of discussion. That is. Chain battle. <laughs> yes, finally. Chain Yay. battle Ooh, is coming up. we've been waiting for. Oh, yeah. This is going to be yet another chain battle that Global and JP get to experience simultaneously. And we were given a sneak peek in the in-game news regarding the categories that will be relevant to this chain battle. So I'll ask you guys, 
either ironically or unironically. Does this make you like Chain Battle a little bit more? We'll start with Ningen, because he is the advocate for Chain Battle. So we'll start with you. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. Uh, chat, you can, you can let me know. Um, the other panelists might know. I'm not actually sure, but I think I have mentioned before that I'm not a big fan of Chain Battle. So uh, <laughs> I do think it's interesting that they showed off this information a little bit earlier, but... I mean, maybe it is just a side product of me not caring about the mode because I don't really like it. But to me, I don't really care knowing what the information is this early because obviously the day the chain battle comes out, I load it up for the first time. I see what the um, special categories are. I go straight into the like leaderboard to look and see what the top scoring people have been using. And then I go in and set my units. So for me, knowing exactly what units I should be using like a week or so before doesn't really bother me that much. I know there are a lot of people out there that like have their teams already set. And those are the people that, you know, they're the good ones that you want to find on your friends list. The <laughs> ones that are keeping all the spare copies of like the URs and stuff like that. But, um, I'm not too fussed about it, to be honest. Uh, you know, memes aside, I, I still do not like the mode. The only thing I am very interested to see, because I don't know if they did mention it in the uh, news thing for global, but is whether we're getting, are we getting that extra, the yes, upgraded reward we thing? We are, aren't we? Yeah. So that's yep, the only yep. thing about it that does interest me is the, because uh, when JP got that upgrade, I think that was a significant uh, boost to how good actually doing the chain battle is because the rewards are a lot better. I would say um, when it comes to showing the actual details a week before, it may help some players in regards to, you know, being able to set their units up. It'll help, you know, the community in general being able to, if they didn't like, you know, farm up a rainbow or a unit or something like that, they can get that unit ready, especially if they're special characters and possibly make the friends that you find on the list more prepared and available ahead of time, especially on the first day. But I personally, again, I don't really like the mode that much. I think the rewards are really good, though. And that's probably the reason why everyone else really does play it, because the rewards are pretty good. But outside of that, it's like, it's not really like, you know, the greatest thing ever. I'm kind of like, and it like 50-50. Hey, man, I just watched Toon and Goresh's video before I do this mode anyway. So <laughs> it doesn't matter if it came out a week <laughs> early, right? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, this mode is... Uh, it's, it's, it's a thorn, um, you know, cause you, you know, you still want to, you know, get the rewards and, and get some of it on there, but yeah, it's just the, the gameplay of it. It's, it's not fun. It's not fun. She's tuned as a test time. You just go, yeah, yeah. Try this. You know, <laughs> I was oh, going to say, that's it. absolutely what he does. He yep. pretends yep. to be like, let's try this out. When in reality, he already <laughs> knows, but he wants me to waste my, my runs on that just to confirm any doubt. And then he'll first try destroy my score. Well, it saves, me from having to, it saves me from having, having to use my tries, right? Because you can use yours. Oh, we can't curse <laughs> on podcasts. Okay. Um, will this be the toughest chain battle yet, given the fact, as Minato mentioned, we've been given about a week now to prepare. So not just the newer players, but also, you know, the, the APT guys, the, the ones who put more effort into, you know, doing the math or the science behind chain battle with everyone kind of knowing a little bit more Ahead of time, do you think that it's going to be a little bit tougher this time around to uh, work your way into the top 1%? I don't know about tougher. I mean, it's just going to be, what, piccolos and then, like, freezes? Uh, hey, this is, like, the, the calling of Tech Piccolo finally has a use. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you summoned him for a reason. I'm so glad it. I pulled him now. 
Let's go. No, I, I will say like that difficult though. My like, I think my one. favorite thing about Chain Battle is still every single time just waiting, keeping my eye on Twitter so I can see uh when Toon posts his tweet about getting <sighs> a uh, a good score. And then Goresh has obviously been lurking like that meme of Jim looking through the <laughs> office window shutters. Yep. And then straight away <laughs> in comes Goresh with that post of a higher score than Toon's score. I'll never forget there was retreat. Yeah, I'll never forget there was one tweet that I sent out. The the notification saying tweet has been sent didn't even leave my screen and Goresh replied with his score. So it was like a fraction of a second after I posted my tweet, he one ups me. He knows. He kn- oh, he knows. I gotta set my That's notifications great. on during the chain battle duration. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So any other thoughts on this amazing, incredible, optimal event, Chain Battle? It makes me miss Battlefield version 1, for those who remember playing that <laughs> I'm mode. I'm so sad I was I, not a I, part of that, dude. I played that mode. It was pretty cool, honestly. The, it was like kind of a little thing, confusing, uh, but... The only thing I remember about that mode is Kami was like a dynamo. He was like destroying everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact All that All I remember that had, is uh, thinking... We've had two guests on now that are OG players that have brought up the original Battlefield. Love to see it. It was so different. It was it was great because it was different and and in a good way, it right? Really was, Versus yeah. this mode, yeah. it's like, what are you doing? What, do we know exactly why it was scrapped? Like, what about it was so unappealing that they had to scrap the whole thing? Just I think too difficult uh, to upkeep. General a people, like a lot of people complained about. I think the difficulty and also the rewards were not that good. Um, so guess what? Instead of adjusting things and you know taking feedback and, and doing things that would help for the help the mode, they just said okay, and they just deleted it. Okay, like, okay so wh- with wh- everybody complaining about chain battle, why haven't they deleted chain battle? Because <laughs> they probably don't care at this point. Like whatever. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I I, I saw that and I thought to myself about chain battle. Uh, what? You know? Gosh, does the JP player base like? Do you see like any complaints about chain battle at all? Uh, definitely not as bad as the global side, but people still complain about it, I guess. I mean, they, they, I think the JP players more so take the angle that it's just like, uh, like we don't understand it, but we're just going to do it anyway. <laughs> okay. So I guess with the original Battlefield, it was because it was so active. You had to keep track of all your characters versus like, you know, when you're looking at Dokkan in general, it's a very casual type game, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you pick your characters boom done you don't have to do really anything you know pop some bubbles here and there and, and orbs um and that's it but with battlefield one you're like oh my god that this guy was over here i have to move this guy over here it was i thought it was a great time so anyway yeah it was like it was like a dokkan oh, tower defense right uh-huh. yeah, yeah it was much more interactive yeah i think but that's you- what we've been looking for when we ask for like new game modes is more like a a different way to play the game whereas Chain battle is almost like you're playing it even less than normal Dokkan because you're just picking your team and then picking the three units in the middle. You're not even doing the actual like bubble popping, I guess, to for lack of a better term. Whereas at least the original Battlefield was actually a different type of game mode completely. Uh, I think if Battlefield 1.0 had come out like this year in Dokkan, it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the final topic of today's show, and that is the 350 million download celebration overall. 
So a lot of people, myself included, I find that this was the best celebration of all time for Dokkan. But I just want to get your guys' thoughts overall on the entire thing. What were some of the best parts of it? Some of the worst parts of it? And uh, just discussing your overall experience with Dokkan up to this point. So, Goresh, we'll start with you. Um, so I'm very biased because the Namek Saga is like by far my favorite saga in all of Dragon Ball. And Freeze is my favorite villain. And my favorite version of Goku is Namek Super Saiyan Goku. So I love the celebration a lot. Um, objectively speaking, um, if we take a look at the stone count, um, at the end of the celebration, assuming the Bulma event does go until the last day, we actually will be getting more stones in total than we did for the six year anniversary, which I think most people would uh, consider to be the best celebration up to the, this, up to this point. Okay. So we're getting more stones in the celebration. I think overall we are getting technically more easy A's in the celebration than we did in the, uh, the anniversary as well, because of the Ginyu force help, helps that a lot. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of similarities between this and that. We got a new, uh, difficult event, collection of epic battles. We, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff to do. New support memories, uh, new story events. We got three new story events. So no shortage of content here. Um, I think the quality of unit free to play, mostly speaking here, I think the six year anniversary probably does edge this one out a little bit. I think in terms of uh, easy A quality, in terms of summonable units, uh, this celebration probably edges out the anniversary. The uh, Transforming Goku and Frieza probably just are, are you know, you're comparing them to UI Goku. Um, two is better than one, right? And then we're going to get the Bardock. We just got the Bardock easy A. I don't know. It's tough. Uh, if you want to say this one is better than the anniversary, I'm okay with that. If you want to say the anniversary is better than this one, I'm okay with that as well. I think me personally being just a Namek fanboy, I definitely like this one over the anniversary uh, just for the theme. Uh, there's two ways I would have improved the celebration though. Number one, um, if the, I, 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 I'm not a hater on physical Bardock, but I think it would have been way better for the celebration as a whole and for all the units that released during the celebration if they just easy aid the STR Namek Goku. Um, and then number two is to, uh, EZA the one of the Ginyu force LRs, and that would have helped that team out a lot too. And we really went an entire Namek celebration without a monsters Arbon again. <laughs> yeah, <So>. true. <laughs> I mean, I don't know when they're going to do that. One thing to think about is that I believe this is the first celebration to have three extreme Z battles. So like three thirty stone EZAs. I, I think this is the first celebration to ever have three of them. So that's pretty cool. Um, I think something that they could have probably added that they didn't add uh, is the rainbow tickets that we got for sixth anniversary and then Tanabata and JP. I think it wouldn't have like hurt to add those rainbow tickets there just for free summons on the side. Uh, would have helped push the celebration a little up higher and if you want to compare it directly to the actual sixth anniversary. But I think both are really good. I actually do agree with Rush in terms of I actually personally love the Namek Saga. It's one of my favorites. I love Namek Super Saiyan Goku. I've been waiting for him for such a long time. So personally, it's probably one of my favorite, if not the favorite celebration so far. Um, but objectively speaking, it's a very, very solid celebration with many stones given out. Yeah, I would agree. It's definitely one of the most generous celebrations that we've seen in a while. And I do agree with the overall, like, the general point of Goresh's uh, opinion about the EZA, because as much as I love Bardock and I'm really happy that he got an EZA, like I said before when we were talking about him, at least as a global player, 
I don't feel like he can be used in his optimal setting just yet. And obviously an easy A for Namek Goku would definitely have not only made more sense, because really the only tie-in for Bardock is the fact that they made the uh, the Freezer and Bardock win-lose cards. So I think it definitely would have been not only more fitting to the celebration, but just better for the Namek Saga team overall um, for them to have given him an easy A instead. Uh, but yeah, we got a lot of new modes, uh, very generous with the amount of stones that was given out. The only thing that is a downside for me, because we all know it's my favorite mode in the game, still no Super Battle Road stages for Global. We've been waiting, I don't even know how long now, since the last ones came out. Um, they could have quite easily given us the next set of ones that we were missing and then given JP a new set to keep it fair. Or they could have just given the 10 to Global. I wouldn't complain about that. But other than that, well, definitely a good celebration overall. We're about to get those in the next celebration with Kid Gohan. That's probably why they didn't do it. Yeah. Yep. Well, for me, yeah, for me, I'm sour on this celebration due to the fact I had to spend... 3,250 dragon stones for one copy of Super Saiyan, you know, LR Goku. Uh, but besides that, content-wise, I think this was a, a solid celebration. I actually liked six-year anniversary better just because it seemed like everything was more, um, I, I guess, just uh, cohesive when it came to Representative Universe 7 and uh, even just Universal Survivor Saga, whereas, you know, this... Um, I think they could have done a few things a little bit better. Like we we mentioned all, all these, right? You know, LRing the uh, um, the Ginyu Goku or or something of that nature. Just these little extra things they could have done to make this celebration even like the best one so far. And uh, but overall, still really really good. I'll talk about some of the things that we didn't really mention just now. Uh, I'll be brief. My favorite thing about this, not factoring in the stuff you guys mentioned, what? Is yeah. everything the guru event? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. So we'll start with the thing I hate the most. <laughs> I hated the guru event. That stupid thing was a scam, and I don't understand why people aren't seeing it from my point of view. So let me just clarify, all right? You do any event in Dokkan, and you bring in units with level 1, level 2, level 3 links, you're likely to get some link level ups anyway just by doing those events. So for me, the point of the guru event was to have a little bit more of an easier time leveling up your units with higher links. Mm. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I can count on a single hand the number of link levels I got during the entirety of the Guru event, and that is four. I got four links. One, I think two of them were level sevens. One was a level 10, and another one was like a level six or something like that. But for the most part, I did not get any link level ups during this event because I brought the units that needed the link level up, and it completely failed me. Now. Salt aside, I will say I loved the music that they brought into Dokkan during this celebration. And I think my favorite moment of all is probably the Vegeta active skill. I think they did a fantastic job in executing the LR Vegeta's active skill uh -huh. and supplementing that with such a great OST to go with it. The only thing, though, is I feel really shortchanged that they couldn't do something similar for Super Saiyan Goku's speech. I, I know it's a support memory, so they can't add any sort of voiceover. but that is like one of the most iconic moments in Dragon Ball that it just feels, you know, it just feels like something's missing just by not having some sort of a voiceover for that. Yeah. I don't know if you guys yeah, feel the, the same way. The <laughs> power level 530,000 scene is literally my favorite scene of all time. And it's not voiced. It's a support memory. I really feel like support memories should be voice. Like they've done, they started doing it for super attacks. Now it's not 
you know, a huge amount of things in the game, I definitely feel like they should be voiced going forward at some point. That'd be great if, if they just went back and added voices for all extreme the Z support memories. Imagine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So any other thoughts on the celebration overall? Anything at all you guys want to mention? Well, are you ready for the Guru event to return every once a week? Ugh. Or how about not at all? Because they never even said it was returning. <laughs> Did they really not? Wait, didn't the Wii's event like go away and then just return like the next? Yeah, the Wii's event well, was daily, yeah, and then it became a Sunday, a Sunday thing. The Wii's event they said it was coming back. Mm. This one didn't say it. I guess uh, I'd rather, I, I rather <laughs> they they have specific categories get a boost of link leveling on certain celebrations than like a Guru event. I wish they would do something like that, like Dynamic Saga. You know, units during this time will get a better chance of link leveling uh, during the celebration. So, I don't know. Hopefully, they do something like that. Yeah, because it's something that we talked about a long time ago. Like we 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 got questions before on older episodes of the podcast about like you know, do we think they'll ever make an event that will make link leveling super easy? And I think it was Goresh that brought it up the first time. It was like, it's not something that they put into place for you to like speed grind like we all do so we can do the showcases and stuff. So the fact that they did actually make an event that was supposed to make it easier was kind of cool, but it was just super underwhelming that it just wasn't anywhere near what any of us expected because it was just a very small percentage chance for you to get that link level raise i think if it was going to be something that you could only do once a day um i don't think it would have been super op to make it so that um even like say 50 percent of the units that you bring get like one link go up guaranteed so then you could use it to try and finish off a bunch of units that only had one link left to go to 10 i don't think that would be like game breaking in any way shape or form um so yeah it's a little bit unfortunate that I was in the same boat as you. I think for the first like four or five days, I got like one or two links go up. So definitely would have been nice yeah. for it to be better. So if it comes back in the future at some point, it would be nice if it was uh, buffed considerably. Otherwise, what it's just not worth doing. What if it came back and it was like you could only do it once a week, but then you get a guarantee link level for one of your units? So you just bring like a bunch of units at nine and then you get it. I mean, if it's once a week, make it once a week and just make it every single unit on the team gets at le like one link is guaranteed to go up. Now, obviously, if you've got a unit that's got like, you know, five links at level nine, but they still have one that's at level four, maybe it'll be the level four one that goes up and you just get unlucky. But just make it so that every unit on the team gets at least one. Well, just one. Sorry, not at least every unit on the team gets one link that guaranteed goes up by one. Because if it's once a week, I mean, you're not getting a huge amount of utility out of it. So I don't think that would be uh, OP at all. I'll also say a big shout out to AGL Nail for finally having a purpose in the game for <laughs> running the uh, collection of Epic Battles. It was really fun to run. SSR and TUR Nail against Frieza. Felt really good. Any other thoughts on the celebration overall? All right. With that said, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. But when we come back, we will be answering your questions in the chat. Don't go away. Be right back. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to start answering some of your questions in the chat. But first, before we do, a little bit of housekeeping. Goresh, if you don't mind. 
Yeah, so if you guys didn't see the announcements over on the social media accounts that we have, uh, we ended up going with a bunch of different changes for our YouTube platforms. Um, for the one year anniversary, we actually decided to split up a lot of our content across different channels. So now we have a total of six YouTube channels. We have Five Nine Gaming Mobile, which is just our mobile gaming channel. We have Five Nine Gaming Direct, which is gaming news related. Uh, we have Five Nine Gaming Entertainment, where I guess technically it's just called Five Nine Entertainment, which is basically just like manga, anime, uh, movies, TV shows, that sort of form of media reviews, thoughts, stuff like that. Just, you know, videos covering that those topics. We have Five Nine Gaming Shorts which is basically just, you know, any sort of like one minute or, or uh, shorter clips that we have uh, from the either YouTube videos, Twitch, whatever, even like live uh, vlog style shorts. We have Five Nine Gaming Uncut, which is literally just all of our Twitch bods ported over to that channel. And then we have Five Nine Gaming Plays, which is pretty much just, uh, you know, games that we're playing over on Twitch that are instead of having the entire thing ported over to that channel, they're, they're edited down into 10, 15, 20 minute blocks that are more concise and digestible for a typical YouTube video. So uh, link tree should be linked in the chat there. So if you guys are interested in checking out the different channels that we have now, uh, I would recommend you click on that and it should be easily accessible from that link. So uh, your support is appreciated and uh, thank you for one year. Think of it like for one year we're releasing a bunch of free DLC. Oh, Definitely don't want yeah, to miss any of it. True. Yep. All right. So now with that said, we're going to jump into some of your questions in the chat. We'll start with our very first question. When do you lads think we'll finally get an LR merged Zamasu? Mm. I mean, something I'm kind of looking forward to. Um, I, th I think year seven has a really good chance of being the blue fusions again. So maybe we'll see one there. Yeah, because the future, future saga has not had any buffs for like a significant amount of time. So... That's something that we oh. definitely need. Like, I'm really looking forward to the... Now that we're basically done, uh, obviously not yet on Global because they haven't all come out, but with now that we're done with the 120 lead, Easy Ace, uh, STR Rosé and Tech Vegito Blue should be hopefully coming sometime soon. Uh, I'm hoping that maybe we'll get lucky again this time around and they'll be Global firsts, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, so, yeah, that team needs some huge buffs. So an LR Merge Zamasu would definitely be something I'm hoping for. Hopefully it's not the half purple goo version because I hate <laughs> that one. But I think the actual normal design of Motomasu is very cool. So I would love to see that. Oh my I god, it's say... Ivan Ooze. <laughs> <laughs> one thing to consider about that is um, the LREZAs that are upcoming. We're definitely going to see like physical trunks and Goku Black and Zamasu soon. Again, I said this earlier, I think, but uh, LREZAs usually do match with the theme of the celebration that's going on there. So if we get uh, Tech Goku Black, Zamasu, easy upcoming, Ester Rosé's easy upcoming, we could definitely see more Future Saga content released to help lead to a potential you know, Future Saga theme for Year 7. Um, that could definitely be something that happens. So, you know, LR Merge Zamasu may not be that far off. Uh, you could even come in that celebration with the LR T Goku Black and Zamasu Easy Air or something. You never know. I'd want I would love. I would love to see it at the New Year's. Right, you have a dual Dokkan Fest, another, you know, Rose and a Vegeta Blue. While they, of course, you know, Easy A the other TURs, and then uh, a non-featured uh, LR Merzamasu. That and once again, not corrupted. Right, just the regular Merzamasu, not corrupted. 
Yeah, the Halo one. So oh, we need. I would skies love to see it. Yeah, skies yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that could be a support memory. I was going to say I could see that being a support memory. I guess, but let's leave that out completely because, uh, yeah, the ending of that arc was not great. <laughs> what you don't like that he became the sky? I I do not know. <laughs> okay. You don't like future Zeno? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got another question. Since they are updating the tutorial in version Z and the tutorial runs through the quest mode, do you think they might be preparing a revamp or a new version of the quest mode to align with the tutorial changes? Awesome. <laughs> I'm the host. I was waiting. I went first last time, so I was waiting. I want to hear Goresh's thoughts on this subject. <laughs> yeah, Goresh, I know you have a lot to say about this. Go ahead. You love the quest mode. Uh, yeah. I think if they were thinking about updating the quest mode, then they would have done it already. I don't, I don't think they see, care. I don't see... Well, I was just about to say, I don't see a reason why they would update it. Like, what, what do they get from it? Whatever version Z is going to be, there that's going to be the overhaul for. Yeah, because I mean, so this obviously the question comes from was it like a single screenshot that we got to see that was from the new like what the new tutorial is going to look like, and it's very clearly like a different stage from the like first stage of the quest mode. The HUD looks slightly different. Um, but obviously, we don't really know any details about it. I could see it almost being like a separate event that you just go into rather than it being a revamp of the quest mode. Um, I mean, we've talked about quest mode before um, and I've definitely, I've definitely said this before, but I feel like the quest mode is probably never going to get a revamp or even get new stages because they've kind of shifted the way they do like story event content because obviously in back in the day when quest mode stages were being released if we got a story event we did they were nothing like the ones that we get now there would be like three stages or four stages there wasn't a farmable unit any of that kind of stuff whereas now every celebration brings at least one and sometimes multiple of these story events that have like eight to ten stages there's a farmable unit there's farmable medals to awaken them um, so I feel like they're they're doing that instead of releasing new quest modes. They're just releasing more of these like story events. Um, and as somebody in the chat said, like no one cares about the quest mode except for when it's you know four times XP and it's time to start grinding some ranks or just by playing twenty three eight over and over again to grind your link levels. So I mean, it yeah. would be nice if they added some mm -hmm. new stages and there was one. That was the equivalent of like 23.8 where it had a load of fights and obviously was therefore because it's higher up the chain of the story list it would have more rank xp as a reward so i guess it would become the new optimal link level stage but other than that i don't really see much of a reason for them to do it because like i said they just keep giving us all these like free like story free to play story events so I think the only way they, or the, the only reason they would update the story event or the, the quest mode is to literally just finish the story. Like that, that's all they do. The story's so all over the place as well. I don't like understand. Well, it's just, I mean, I agree. I think this is, I think it's a really terribly written story, but it's literally just un, been unfinished for four years in the same spot. So it would just, you know, it would make more sense just to wrap it up and then that, that's, that's the end of that, right? And then that's it. Or I would have loved to see 
you know, Dokkan take a little thing from Legends and maybe create a original story, right? And Oof. add that uh, into a you know separate uh, you know quest. That'd be at least interesting enough. Yeah, I feel well, like that's, that's, that's what it's supposed people. to be. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that's what it's supposed to be an original <laughs> story, but it's just so bad that nobody cares. Oh, it is a original story. It, well, I don't even it's care. Kind of like it's, an original, <laughs> it's kind of like an original story, but it, I noticed this when I first started playing the game. Is it very much has that copy paste storyline structure that a lot of recent Dragon Ball games have had, and I guess even to an extent like Heroes, although a lot of that is mostly just promotional for. The actual arcade game but they always have this like shell of a story where it's oh look all the different universes have all collided together somehow so characters that have never really interacted are in the same place and that's kind of all the story really is because i i think i've talked about this before in a previous episode but when the last quest stage before it did get another update it was one where you fought the um super saiyan broly as like the final enemy and i think there were like three stages in that chapter and at the end uh there was some massive explosion and you and trunks got separated from whoever you were with at the time in the story i can't remember and then they finally brought out new story mode stages and you were just off somewhere else and all the enemies in that first chapter were now androids so it was like completely disjointed from what was happening in the previous chapter so if you're someone out there that has even followed the story from the quest mode uh i salute you because i have no idea what's going on I mean, I yeah. play JP and obviously can't read it, so I, I actually <laughs> had no chance to understand what's happening. So I never cared. <laughs> I just kind of went through it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's because of Dokkan Story Mode that I learned about the whole scenario on and off button, and I'm very thankful. I've had scenario <laughs> off since, uh, since then. It's been great. There you go. All right, we're going to wrap up with one final question for you guys. So whichever one you want to answer, go ahead. What do you think the theme of either the seven-year anniversary or the next download celebration is going to be? Whichever one you want to answer, go ahead. I mean, I, I did say it, but I, again, I think the seventh anniversary will be Fusions again, probably Vegeta Blue, Gogeta Blue, something movies-related. They've been building up movies. Maybe Gogeta Blue and Broly. Uh, something similar. To, I think something related to the Fusions that would make the most sense for me, given their previous pattern they've really set down. I would like to see... Gogeta Blue and, and Movie Broly because we don't have many of those units and it's incredible that we don't right so um, I, they need a definitely upgrade so I love to see that in the seven year because mm. yeah I saw someone posted on Twitter actually the fact that apart from the first anniversary that was Gogeta and uh, Janemba they've been alternating every single anniversary between Goku and Vegeta and Gogeta and Vegito so it would be nice if it was something different this time around. Um, a couple of the dual yes. Dokkan Fest ideas spring to mind, like Have a High said, actually getting like uh, cards that start off as Blue Gogeta and then Full Power Broly from the movie would obviously be awesome. I think they're like hype enough to be anniversary dual Dokkan Fest units, but um, I could almost see them being more of like a, T a TUR, like, you know, like a New Year celebration dual Dokkan Fest or something. Um, we just got GT again this year because I know everyone's been waiting for a newer version of like the uh, Super Saiyan 4s that fuse into Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta and then like Sinchenron who transforms into Omega. I still think that could be something that we see because it was every two years we were getting a GT themed anniversary and then we didn't get that this year. So that's something that could definitely still be in the pipeline. 
Um, I mean, if I could pick anything I want, like I really want them to start doing more and more of the like what if hero stuff. But I mean, let's be honest, that's never going to be like an anniversary theme. So who knows? I mean, if I could pick something I want, I want um, Goku versus Piccolo. (laughs) That's the thing I could pick that I want, but World's Strongest, you say, Koresh, huh? Yeah, I was going to say World's Strongest (laughs) movie. Yeah, the movie. That makes sense. I would love that. LR Dr. Wheeler. I don't know if I want to have to wait till then, but if we're doing another download celebration uh, prediction, I'd like it to be Saiyan Saga, but I also don't want to have to wait till that point to start uh, exploring the Saiyan Saga. I am going to say so, that next uh, download celebration is going to be Kid Buu versus Super Saiyan 3 Goku. I think New Year's could be Saiyan Saga. Kid oh, Buu cannot Saga. evade us forever. He's coming at some point, right? Want to bet? <laughs> One day. Yeah, how many of these random characters are going to get LRs before Kid Boo? You hate to see it. <laughs> All right. And with that, we are going to go ahead and wrap up this week's show. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Huge thank you to Troco for manning the boards and keeping the stream afloat. Don't forget to follow us over on Twitch, Twitter. Check out the Discord, the Reddit, the Facebook, everything. All of our new channels and fully connect with the 5.9G network today. And if you miss any part of the show, don't worry. All of your favorite podcasting platforms have you covered. Google, Apple, Spotify, and many more. Subscribe. Do not miss a beat. Once again, we will be continuing the 5.9 festivities with some awesome Twitch stream action tonight with some Among Us, possibly some Mario Party. So make sure you guys are checking back in later on. And don't forget to check out tomorrow's episode of the Dragon Ball Legends podcast for The Mass Ningen. Goresh, Minato, and Habuhai. I'm Toon Rami. Thank you once again for watching. Stay tuned and always remember to Dokkan responsibly.